welcome to So What Do You Think, a podcast where we discuss weird and unsolved mysteries and events and give you our completely unprofessional opinion on them. I'm Jane, with me here is B. Hi. He's eating cheese, so if you hear a little gnawing noises, that's what's going on. <laughs> like a little mouse. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah, I'm a, I'm a mouse tonight. Um, <laughs> I just really wanted some cheese, so I've oh, just got... We've all been there. They say that cheese is as addictive as heroin. I believe it. Cheese is pretty damn good, I've got to say. Seriously, cheese is great. I'm half Dutch, so you've sold me just by saying the word cheese. So, you know. Me too. (laughs) I'm not half. I'm quarter. Okay. All right. (laughs) Enough, enough, enough Dutch to appreciate a good wheel of cheese and some wooden clogs. Yep. Yep. Yeah. When I went to Holland, I went to Edom. Oh my God, it was like a religious experience. I went to this cheese shop, it had every sort of cheese. I just, I can't even. And you know what is really the the worst part about it is I'm really lactose intolerant. <laughs> they say that. You know how many. Yeah. They say lactose intolerance is the only food allergy slash, you know, intolerance where people are like, ah, screw it. <laughs> Worth it. Yeah, no, a, a good friend of mine is like, I constantly tag her in memes about about that it's like mm, I'm prepared to shit myself later <laughs> <laughs> worth it really yeah I'm, I'm I'm prepared I'm prepared for that it's worth it <laughs> mine's just more about pain like the stomach ache that comes after it's like you're there like god was it worth yeah it was worth it <laughs> I'll do it again it. it's always worth it <laughs> oh okay all right anyway let's get on to our story for tonight <laughs> yeah we'll stop talking about cheese <laughs> yeah sorry everyone So our subject for tonight is in the creepy weird category, I would say. It's not scary, so I felt like it was safe to do at nighttime. I don't know how to actually place it, as it's not quite a cryptid, but I don't know how humid it is either. It's just a weirdness. So have you ever heard of Spring-Heel Jack? No. Okay. I already don't like him. (laughs) I don't like him. (laughs) So I first heard about this phenomenon as a kid, and I guess like it's one of those cases that it's like in the back of my mind all the time. Like I'm always wondering what was Spring-Heeled Jack? Um, as you can probably tell from all of the episodes we've done, I spend a lot of time thinking about this sort of stuff. <laughs> I just need to know <laughs> the mysteries of the universe, really. <laughs> so it really is out there, especially for its time. So, so it would be really easy to chalk it up to some weird hoax, but there's actually a Scotland Yard file on this thing. So I don't know. I feel like we need to talk about it. Something's going on here. So let's get into it. So we are in London in the early 19th century, so 1800s, and it's not a great place to start with. I think we discussed this when we did our Jack the Ripper episodes. Um, it was Jack the Ripper was more in the late 19th century. So it's, you know, same sort of scene, a little bit before that. Um, everyone's poor, lots of immigrants coming in, very few jobs, lots of death and disease. It's it's a pretty grim time for London at that point. So spring Jack was a figure that essentially terrorised London from 1837 to 1904. So 67 years, which is quite long to be running a terror campaign, especially back then when people didn't really even live that old. The first time we hear of it is through an account by a servant named Mary Stevens. She'd been visiting her parents in Battersea one day and was walking home uh, to Lavender Hill, which is where she lived. Something happened. Now, first of all, a common, I have to look this up. What the hell is a common? 
Um, it's like what the English call a park or like an area where people can sort of spend time outside, a piece of land open for public use. A common area. A common area, yeah, basically. So, yeah. so she's crossing the common when this strange figure jumps out in front of her and it grabs her really tightly. Now, he's trying to kiss her and was ripping out her clothes, which, I mean, at this time and place could just be a garden variety sexual assault. These things were happening all the time back then, um, you know, no doubt what that, you know, things that women were made to endure at the time. But according to Mary, something was a little bit different about this guy. She says that he had what seemed to be claws and they tore at her clothes, exposing her skin. She said that when his hands touched her skin, she felt like they were really cold and clammy, like a dead body. She screams blue murder, which good for her, um, and it seemed to work. So the figure sort of quickly jumps off her, takes off. People come running to see if she's okay. And then a crowd forms and then you've got your whole, let's go find this guy and get him sort of situation. You've got old public mob out there doing, mm. doing their best work. I feel work. like we don't have enough of them these days. Yeah, it's one of those things that's very hard to control. It's like, yes, we do need more of them, but that also is like, oh, things can go wrong really easily. Need more pitchforks and fires <laughs> on, on, yeah. on a stick, you know. Yeah. Okay, all right, well. I'm getting over this whole wave of people gluing them things to, um, themselves to things. Oh, yeah, and chaining themselves to things. I mean, I get it if you're like yeah. a greeny sort of environmental type and you want to chain yourself to like a... I don't know, like some sort of equipment that's going to knock down trees or something that's got a purpose. But, yeah, the ones that sort of, like, chain themselves just to a building or something, it's like nobody cares. Yeah. yeah. No, I bring back the mob. <laughs> so, yeah, the mob forms. And I guess at this stage, like I said, I'm sure that this sort of thing happens in Victorian London quite often. Um, you know, it seems like a pervert is at play here, seeing as he was trying to kiss her and tearing at her clothes. So... I don't know about the cold, clammy hands, though. That's a bit weird, don't you think? Ooh, a bit gross. That's gross. Yeah, like the idea of cold, clammy hands touching you. You. Cold hands, gross. Clammy hands, gross. Cold, clammy hands, gross. Yeah. I think as a one-off, we would need to wonder if she was just sort of imagining this sort of creature in the heat of the moment. But also, let's take her word for it because she is the victim here. Well, they don't have too long to think about things because the very next day, right near where Mary lived, there was another attack. This time it was a whole carriage that copped it. Now, the coachman was driving the carriage along when this figure jumped right into the middle of the road, causing the carriage to actually lose control and crash. After this, a number of witnesses said that the, the, the figure that had caused the carriage to crash then sort of took off. But this is where things start to get really weird. It took off by jumping. And by jumping, I mean like he had trampoline shoes or like a pogo stick shoes or something like that. Apparently, he cleared a 2.7 metre high wall in one jump. And he's like sort of cackling and laughing the entire time. So, you know, like that sounds really terrifying to a Victorian person, don't you think? I can imagine seeing that for the first time. I actually think it's kind of funny now, but okay. <laughs> and you Not so scared anymore. Hands yeah <laughs> yeah back then but now I'm just like picturing like like a um, inspector gadget sort of thing <laughs> yeah 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 so uh, it was because of this jumping situation that it led to him being called Spring Hill Jack okay yeah that makes sense yeah 
So after this, there were seemingly constant reports all around London of this strange creature with either claws or gloves with claws on them who seemed to be able to shapeshift and sort of bounded about the place attacking people. People didn't seem to be able to decide if he was some sort of demon or just a man, but the stories kept on going for about a year. So I don't know. What are your th- first thoughts about Jack? What could he be? Well, I feel like he's got to be some sort of weird spiritual entity. You reckon? I don't know. Or some weird kooky inventor person who <laughs> yeah. made some that. spring was- boots. Yeah, it's like some dude with some weird advanced technology. <laughs> yeah, but the clammy hands and the claws are weird. Yeah, that is pretty bizarre. Um, I mean, he seems solid uh, and he's like physically attacking people. So as far as entities go, I don't know how solid they present. I mean, it's Victorian London. Shit's bleak already, right? So it could just be some crazy guy trying to make his own fun in a way. Um, But it does escalate, though. In February 1838, a young lady named Jane Alsop was at home with with her family when the doorbell rang one night. And Jane opens the door and there in front of her in the dark, um, remember there's no electricity back in this time, so it was literally pitch black on the streets, was a man who told her to go get some light because he was a police officer and he had caught Spring-Heeled Jack and he had had him right there out the front and he needed some light so he could arrest him properly. So she like runs back inside, goes and grabs a candle, goes to back to the doorway and out into the front yard where this guy is. She hands him the candle and immediately he throws his cloak off to reveal that he's like wearing some sort of weird white bodysuit and a helmet of some sort. And apparently his eyes were glowing red like balls of fire. So she's obviously like losing her shit seeing this sort of thing. Like you're in Victoria and London, you, you've never seen a dude in a white bodysuit before. <laughs> like imagine how off-putting that would have been like what am I looking at um and yeah eyes balls of fire that's bizarre so yeah she's got barely had time to process what she's seeing um before blue and white flames start shooting from his mouth at the same time he grabs her and using his claws starts tearing at her dress so she screams tries to get away slips out of his grasp runs back towards the house He runs after her and catches her at the steps and he keeps on clawing at her. And he's clawing at her neck and arms at this point too. So he's not just doing clothes, he's doing skin at this point. Now her sister comes out like, what the hell's going on? And like sees what's happening and grabs her um, and starts to drag her towards the house, at which point this thing, this jack takes off and sort of bounds away into the night. So what are your thoughts now on Jack? This is ridiculous. <laughs> this is the most absurd thing I've ever heard. I don't even know <laughs> what this is and what it could be. It's bizarre, right? Yeah. I mean, bodysuit and helmet. Yep, that's a thing that somebody could maybe get hold of. Glowing red eyes, don't know where that's coming from. The flames. The flames. From the mouth. Well, I figure the whole spitting, shooting flames out of the mouth is him spitting some sort of accelerant onto the flame yeah yeah but to her they, they, they don't know about that so she was just like he was spitting flames yeah yeah very strange know. yeah yeah it's some weirdo doing some weird shit i reckon so like i said we know that people can spit stuff onto fire now and make that whole effect but to a young girl back then she may not have known that 
I mean, why yeah. ask for a candle if it wasn't necessary for his trick, right? Like, I feel like the candle was important yeah. for the trick. You know, if he didn't need it, he would have just lured her out and attacked her right there and then without it. So this to me says real person rather than demon. I feel like we're moving more into the real person territory here. Yeah. Um, I guess the white bodysuit and helmet could have been some sort of fire prote- prevention, um, like protection sort of outfit. She said it was a little bit like the fabric looked a little bit like oil skins, which could have like a fire retardant effect. Now, someone was actually arrested for this specific attack and his name was Thomas Milbank. Now, he was arrested because he was being a total dipshit and bragging at the pub that he was Spring Hill Jack and he had actually attacked Jane. So, geez, guys don't get any smarter in this regard, do they? Like, we talk about this so often, these people that just go away and brag about shit. We just talked about this the other day. You know? Yeah. People getting arrested because they're out there like, oh, yeah, I killed that girl. Oh, yeah, I attacked that girl. Shut up, mm. you idiot. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they go and check out this uh, Millbank guy. And they did find that he owned a cloak and some white overalls too, and that was like enough for the police. So they arrested him. Like, you don't need much more than that back then. In court, though, it was decided that he wasn't the guy, though, and the reason was, and I love this so much, the reason why he couldn't have been Jack, Springhill Jack, was that because the Springhill Jack assailant could breathe fire and Thomas couldn't. <laughs> yeah. favorite part of this entire story yeah i can imagine the lawyers now they're like what do you mean you can't breathe fire have you tried (laughs) (laughs) okay and then them saying to the cops you imbeciles did you not even check if he could breathe fire before you arrested him (laughs) so important to the case (laughs) so yeah um so yeah he's like go Only a few days after Jane's attack, another young girl, Lucy Scales, was out walking with her sister when Jack jumped out of an alleyway and breathed fire into her face. But then he just, like, jumped away without attacking her further. Now, she was not okay, though, and she was, like, hysterical for hours after that, understandably. Once she calmed down, though, she could let people know that she had actually managed to get a reasonably good look at him before the attack. Now, she'd been walking ahead of her sister and saw a man come out of the darkness and stand in front of her as she approached. So he kind of stood in front of her before he launched out at her. So she got to actually have a bit of a look. She said that he was tall and thin and had what she describes as a gentleman's appearance. She said that he wore a large cloak and was carrying a lantern. So, again, we have this fire source. Like, to me, bro ain't breathing fire you know like he's actually using some sort of fire source which i don't know why they didn't work out when they were trying thomas that's yeah i don't know bizarre to me so these sorts of attacks would continue for years and people would often see the figure jumping from roof to roof as well so he had a bit of victorian parkour going on there with the old jumpy shoes They all said that he had blazing red balls for eyes and claws and bounded across rooftops like it was nothing. Now, the police took the case very seriously, but they just weren't really equipped to deal with all these sorts of shenanigans. 
at one point, even the Duke of Wellington decides that he had just like had enough and he took a posse of 70 armed men and they just like walked around the streets hunting the creature. Talking about your mob. There you go. There's your mob. Good. Yep. Yep. They had no luck though. So not an effective mob, it seems. Now, from the 1850s, it appeared that Jack had decided to travel as he was seen all over England. In 1870, the army decided they would get in on the whole um, setting traps for him situation um, when he must have got wind of the fact that they were doing this because he ended up terrorising a sentry group by jumping all over their bunker. Now, I know I'm not supposed to find that funny, but if you just actually imagine the visual of these guys like trying to set traps in a bunker and then all of a sudden there's this like guy, wee, wee, jumping all over the place. Like This is just the weirdest story I know, I know, right? So weird. It can't be true. Well, they've even got a Scotland Yard file on this thing, so it's true. I don't know. I think maybe this is just the world, one of the world's longest-running pranks. <laughs> one day they're just going to be like, fooled you. <laughs> Psych. Yeah. But, yeah, it just seems weird that he's starting to actually move out of London now, like. And in the same year in the town of Lincoln, the locals cornered and shot him. But he ended up just like laughing and bouncing away. The bullets didn't really do anything. The last sighting of Jack was in Liverpool in 1904 when a group of locals managed to corner him. But again, he inevitably escaped and he's never been seen again since. So we still to this day are sort of left with the question, who was Spring Hill Jack? So so yeah, what are your thoughts on who he might be or what he might be? I can't comment on this one. <laughs> it's your job to comment. <laughs> it's just too weird. I don't believe it. You don't think it happened? I don't at believe all? it. No, nah, I don't think it happened at all. <laughs> it's too weird. Some yeah, weird yeah. jumping creature that just randomly moves around terrorizing people, trying to kiss women and tear their clothes off. Like, yeah, there's no. It's just weird. Yeah. And there's no consistency in what he does. Like, it's not like he um consistently goes for, you know, young ladies and harasses them. He's just, like, tormenting all these different people. Mm. I don't know. It's bizarre. It is bizarre, yeah, for sure. I mean, I can see why people claimed at the time that he was some sort of demon back then. I mean, you know, what he could do. It's the jumping for me. I don't get the jumping. Well, I mean, it must have just blown their minds. They probably had never seen anything like that before, you know. But when you really think about it, like spring shoes, claw gloves, an accelerant that he could spit, like these aren't massively high tech in the grand scheme of things, but they would have been back then, you know. That's what I know. Yeah. Like I feel like you could put together a spring heel jack today, no worries at all. So I don't know. I feel as though we're probably looking at a guy who is just, just out there, like, running amok, basically. You know, someone who it was a little I, bit ahead of their time in technology. In my technology. mind, it's just Jim Carrey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Literally, as soon as you said the thing about he pulled off his coat and he was wearing a white, like, think about how kooky some of his characters are. You can imagine him, like, as the Riddler or something, like, ha-ha. Like, yeah, like it's like a combination. In my mind, it's a combination of the character he played in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie 
mixed with the joke, the Joker, the Riddler, mm. mixed with the Grinch. <laughs> and just some weird Jim Carrey character. He's like jumping Jim around Carrey, the, place. Tra- the time traveler. <laughs> mm. It's yeah. weird. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. I think it was a guy. I think it definitely happened because we have a lot of like, you know, tellings of it. And as I said, Scotland Yard's got a file on it. But like, I have some questions though. How was he never caught? Like 67 years is a really long time to get away with these sorts of crimes. Um, and, you know, they continued to be committed that entire time. How, know, was he, how was he shot and not harmed? Yeah, was he wearing some sort of armour or something like that? Or were the people no, really shot? Like, if it's all true and everything, it sounds like he was shot. Like, mm-hmm. how did he not get harmed? I don't buy that he had the technology to make body armour. Oh, I don't know. Body armor's been around for hundreds of years, thousands of years. So, for a you know, bullet? Yeah. I mean, if it can stop a broadsword, surely it can stop a bullet. Like the sort of bullet that they would have had access to back then. It's not like they had like hollow points or anything, you know, back then. Yeah, but the speed at which a bullet goes versus a sword is different. I guess so, but I guess I, I figure like guns back then were like more like musket things where you kind of, you know, they weren't high-powered automatic rifles or anything like that. <laughs> they may as well just throwing the bullet at him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's my first question is like how did this go on for 67 years, you know? Was it more than one person? Did we have like a legacy thing going on? Like, you know, if not, this person must have been well into their 80s by the end, which is like. I over- don't think they no. would have been able to do what they were doing for that long. I mean, people didn't even your, live that long. In your 80s is like well over 100 by today's You wouldn't even live that long back then. Exactly. So it does seem like the majority of the slashing, sexual assaults type stuff was more in the early years. So do we have a case of someone finding dad's cool costume and magic shoes after he dies maybe? Or was it like a copycat? Was the original guy just some psycho pervert and then someone heard about it and was like I can do that too and took it to the country so then we of course have to ask like well if he was a man who was he and there's been a couple of suggestions over the years as to who he might have been one guy that sounds like he may have been a village idiot type was going around scaring young kids and women doing similar things to Jack and he was arrested for doing this stuff too the case was quickly dropped though when it was decided that he was just too simple-minded to be Jack um, I wonder if they asked him if he could breathe fire. <laughs> Can you breathe fire? <laughs> no, damn it. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe they actually said that. I know. Hilarious. Another person of interest at the time was Henry de la Pur Beresford, the Marcus of Waterford. He was a drunken, gambling, joking slob of a guy and was known as the Mad Marquis. He was suggested to be Jack by, the, by E. Cobbin, Brewer, who said that the Marcus used to love to hide in the shadows and jump out and scare people. That's it, though. That's literally all the suggestion. Well, I mean, geez, I know people like that. Like, I grew up with family members like that, hiding in shadows and jumping out and scaring you and all that sort of thing. So not much substance there. And he died in a riding accident in 1859. So we know that Jack continued on after that. So we've touched on the multiple Jacks theory, but what if we had one crazy guy and a whole lot of copycats, like I was saying? 
um, you know, I mean, assaults aside, I can see how bored and sad Victorians might think, you know, might have been. And they might think that this get up was cool and the whole situation was a bit interesting and maybe I'm going to copy it. It would explain but how why. did they all come up with the jumping thing? Well, that's it. Like there's got to be some sort of like knowledge going around or maybe someone's like, hmm, jumping shoes, hey, to the shed, you know, and just tinker around yeah. themselves. Because, I mean, it's not going to take that much to make jumping shoes. You just need a really good spring, really, don't you? Think about the times we're talking about. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have accent. And, like, they we're talking about times when it's really, you're really poor. You're not just going to have access to, like, metal and stuff like that. Maybe. I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't know what it was like back then or, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible, put it that way. Mm. I feel like I find it really interesting no one has ever come across granddad's belongings and been like, are these bouncy shoes? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> what is this? A, a white um, oilskin jumpsuit. What is this about? Maybe it's just a conspiracy by Scotland Yard to create fear. I think that in Victorian England there was already enough of that. Just the fear of not surviving the day, you know, it was probably enough. I don't know. Governments and people in power do weird shit. They do. They do. Um, as far as I know, he never killed anyone, but he did injure quite a few people, so maybe there was a bit of family shame. Maybe someone has discovered something and just not said anything. Mm. So what I want to say to all you Brits out there is, you know, if you've got granddad's stuff in a box somewhere, go check it out. Report back. Let us know. See yeah, let us know if you've got anything. Yeah, for sure. Now, a final theory is that this whole thing was just some sort of mass hysteria, which I feel like, yes, there was probably more than likely an element of that. Like you see a shadow on your rooftop. Oh, no, it's spring Jack. And, you know, the next day at the market, you're telling everyone that you saw him on the rooftops and then they're thinking they see something on their rooftops, you know, that sort of thing. Um, I mean, we do have injured people giving eyewitness accounts here. So I think that it did start in reality, you know, and we have spoken about how dark it was back then in, you know, when we're talking about the Jack the Ripper episodes, there was literally no light at all, really. Mm. But, you know, we're talking about candlelight here. If there even was, like not even every street had candlelight. So, you know, I think that if you don't know what I'm talking about, like wait until tonight, go to, into your house somewhere where you can't have access to the outside, turn out all the lights and light a candle, see how far ahead of you you can see. You know, you can't really see it all. Then imagine like negotiating streets and people a few metres away from you. I don't know how much you'd actually see. So um, I just don't think that at the end of the day it would be that hard to send people completely bonkers with this sorts of thing, don't you reckon? Yeah. I think the hysteria probably pay, played quite a big part in this. Um, and then all they'd have to do was just sort of show up every few years and keep it all going, I guess. Mm. So there is a sidebar in this case. In the 1970s, in the town of Attercliffe in Sheffield, it appears Jack may have come back. Now, Attercliffe itself is a very strange place, or it was, because in 1977 the council actually flattened it. Like, nope. This one's a dud. Start again. We don't like this town. Throughout all of the 70s, they had all of the paranormal activity there. 
They had UFOs crashing into houses, ghosts, black demon dogs, huge birds, you name it, they had it in this town. I mean, it probably deserves an episode all of its own. Around the same time, there was a prowler. He would knock on doors and windows and attack both men and women. He seemed to target one street specifically called Westbury Street to the point where police would actually just park in the street at night waiting for something to happen. Now, for the people that saw the prowler, they described a tall, over six foot six inch man, skinny and pale with huge red burning orbs as eyes, wearing a cloak. So sounds pretty familiar. This character was said to have bounded across the rooftops, laughing maniacally in the same manner that Spring Hill Jack did. He was also seen bouncing around the streets and up the side of buildings. He was never caught either. And as far as I know, no one was ever seriously injured. So on a whole, whole though, the town had way more than average numbers of deaths and really strange deaths as well, like broken necks out of nowhere, stabbings, and they don't know who did it. It's never said that these were connected to Jack. It's just more that this town had a whole lot of stuff going on. So was this Jack's ghost or was it just some copycat that decided to do the same thing and thought it was a fun story? So I don't know. What do you reckon? Bounding across the roof, (laughs) willy-nilly, from roof to roof. Wanton disregard. (laughs) I mean, it sounds pretty cool to see. Until he tries to attack you. Uh, Yeah, true, true. Um, No comment. No comment. Played the fifth. You know, like <laughs> on a whole, I write to plead the Fifth Amendment and I don't have to say anything. Okay. On the whole, the whole Jack the Spring Hill Jack phenomena, though, are we calling it a entity or are we calling it a person? I think, if anything, it's an entity. You reckon? Yeah. Yep. Interesting take. Okay. Something mm. that wasn't really there. What about the fact that it was like physically hurting people, though? See, when I think of an entity, I think of not like something that can still physically hurt people, okay. something that's yeah. still like physically real. You can yeah. touch them. You can see them. Yeah. I'm just saying it's not, for me, an entity means it's just, it's not human. Okay. It's like a yeah. sort of thing or? Yeah. 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 Like okay. it's, yeah. So um, not like some spirit or, a, or yeah. a ghost or something like that. Like it's still a physical being, but not of the human kind. Yeah. Yeah. It just makes, for me, if it was going to be anything, it has to be that mm-hmm. because the bounding, the being shot, the, the, the glowing eyes, the claws. Yes, it could all be an outfit, but it just seems too much for that era. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, yeah. I feel like, and to have, and also just the fact that it happened, for, it went on for so many years. Yes. Yeah, so- um, in a time where people, like you were having a midlife crisis when you were 18 <laughs> yeah you know like you weren't you yeah like yeah you did not live long mm-hmm. unless you were rich even then I think life yeah no rich. even then but they were more likely to have access to better food and yeah 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 and all of that it's definitely an interesting one. It's definitely one that, as I said, it's been playing on my mind since I was a kid. Like, what was that thing? A bit weird. I'd love to just go back in time. I wish I had a time machine just so I could go back in time. And I reckon it'd be something really obvious. I think you'd get there and you'd be like, oh, that's what it is, you know. Um, <laughs> but it's the way that things are reported by people that don't understand what they're seeing. Mm. So, yeah, anyway, 
anyway, everyone let us know what you think. What was Spring Hill Jack? Do you think he was an entity, a cryptid or a uh, person just doing shenanigans? Come and check us out and let us know what you think. Otherwise, we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye.